Should we do the bluffer? Are we not doing Nate's question? Ah, fucking hell. (laughs) (laughs) I just looked at the time and was like, fuck's sake. Leave that one in. That's an outtake. To another episode of the Miles Offside podcast, where we talk a little bit of football and a whole lot of nonsense. My name is Oscar Puente, also known as Footy from Afar, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts, FPL champion Chuck Bailey and Super Producer Ian Stimson. Gentlemen, how is it going this week? Top of the league, isn't it? Top of the league. Who are? Oh, oh well, do I need to ask? Six in a row? What? Come on, come on. We beat the mighty. Who was it? Plymouth. Plim- no. Were you <laughs> playing for, Plymouth? That was, that was last week. You're be- beating so many teams, you don't even remember so who you So many games, I don't so know. Many, so many just, games just coming at me thick and fast. Doesn't matter. One nil down. Win them. Just swatting away teams like flies. Swatting wankers merrily as you go. <laughs> I'm just getting in early before Oscar even asks me, but four points clear. Thanks for asking. Peterborough, oh, out. Yeah, Done. I mean, I was going to make some small talk. You went straight into the Posh Island, uh, checking in for Posh Island. It looks like it's going well. I just pulled up your numbers. You're 79% to get promoted. 79%. 24 percentage points ahead of the second most likely, which is Hull City. Hold on, hold on, Ian. Don't finish yet. I'm going to get you there in a second. <laughs> He's edging. Here are the, uh, in descending order, the likelihood of winning League One, just full out winning. Right now, Peterborough are in the lead, as you might imagine, with 55%. Oh, yes, please. More than half, as you can hear mm-hmm. from those numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no, no, no. This is, this is the really, really good thing. Hull City are next most likely at 15%. Percent. Oh, that. whole city. More like shit. Whole city. Good. Shit. Good. Old. And we play them either this week or next week. I can't remember. Who cares? Yeah, anymore. and you got oh. and you got two games in hand on them, mate. And they're third. I've, I think I'm looking at the League One table more than the Premier League table than, now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you should be. You it's should more be. interesting down there for sure. Fuck off, Lincoln, Doncaster. You shit munchers. We're all on the post train. Toot toot. <laughs> Although, be be careful of shit on the ramps. Anyway. Oh, we don't want to uh, talk about that. section done. There you go, Oscar. You're welcome. Yeah, unless Cheers. you want to talk about WandaVision or uh, the Pokemon video game conference announcements that they just did for the next-gen Pokemon. I don't know, I don't know what, what kind of stuff you guys are into. but I'm not even on last-gen Pokemon or this-gen Pokemon. I'm so behind on Pokemon. Who? How many are there now? 1,250? Seven? Uh, in the main series, I believe this is the ninth generation coming out because Sword and Shield was the eighth. So that was the first one I had played since the first generation, so now I'm like into Pokemon again. It's it's like it's cool, don't worry about it. Like Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gotta got catch them all, innit? So I'm led to believe, yeah. Alright. Well, if you are joining us for the first time, that is the banter section out of the way. Thank you for jumping aboard. We love you. We appreciate you. We are a podcast with two Brits and one American, and we talk a little bit about the soccer, but often get distracted and or my co-hosts sing in the background while I'm trying to do things. Uh, To catch them is my greatest test, and to train them is my cause. There it is. Uh, If you came back, thank you. We love you. We appreciate that you're coming back. Tell a friend. Leave a review. Uh, sign up at patreon.com slash miles offside for some uh, cool stuff. I'm sure we'll talk about that more stuff later. Did I get the link right this week, by the way? I don't know. I wasn't listening. Sorry. Oh, close enough. <laughs> <laughs> good, good, good. Off to a good start. And we like to start things on this podcast with our famous segment, and that is <clears throat> rapid, rapid, rapid fire news. Rapid fire news. 
local fry. <laughs> Our top story this evening. Forest Green Rovers have put a new spin on grinding out a result by launching a new shirt partly made of coffee waste. The shirts, which the club says are a football first, will be worn by players when they face Colchester on Saturday and will be available next season. Players already wear shirts made of bamboo, but owner Dale Vince says using leftover coffee grounds makes them even more eco-friendly and lighter to wear. Doesn't seem more eco-friendly if they've just had a load made and now they're going to bin them off for something else, though. Just saying. Just putting it out there. Mm. What do you think? Every time something more eco-friendly comes along, they just go for it and then chuck it all in a skip. Yeah, and therefore it's a, it's a, just a wasteful green culture, isn't it? What? How does that work? I don't know. <laughs> I've got loads of bamboo socks and they're bloody comfortable. So, you know, if if these coffee ground ones are going to be even more, I'm just going to crack open a pack of Nescafe and wipe away. That's how it works, right? Yeah, pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, this just, is too... they're just smearing coffee on themselves. I, I would assume so. That has That's the only way that that could possibly work. Um, this is really nice, too, because when they wash them, especially in hot water, then they get, you know, a whole lot of coffee out of it, too. So clean shirts and something to drink. Energy, about the 60th minute, pour a load of hot water over yourself. Caffeine soaks in through the skin. Bang. Fergie time. <laughs> that is just science. It's just science. It's just science. science. They've got the vegan power going. They've got caffeine soaking through their skin. What what else? I don't know. Lightning? Can we do something with lightning? (laughs) Inside the body? And maybe that could... (laughs) I think we're going to look into that. But a light? light? Does that work? I don't know. Satire. If you... um, Because obviously Forest Green are more known for being eco-friendly, vegan. You know, they're more known for that than anything to do with football. And when you Google Forest Green, one of the first things that comes up in the like people also ask, can Forest Green players eat meat? Are they uh, physically? Can they? Well, well, yeah, maybe the word uh, the uh, wording is not exactly as it should be, but yeah, as for players, none can eat or bring meat onto club premises. But they can eat meat at home. No, they're, yeah, they're, I mean, no, they, they, he's. Hang on, look at this. Vince, who's Vince? Is Vince the uh, owner or the one who is driving all of this? I've got literally, I've got the little Google paragraph <laughs> that just comes yes. up. Owner Dale you... Vince, that's what I'm seeing in the. B- I didn't close the tab for one, so I can actually contribute to Excellent, this. excellent. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I mean, I think he knows that he can't control players when they get home, but yeah, on site, there is absolutely no meat able to be eaten. Fair enough. There's been stuff in uh, the NFL where teams have switched to completely vegan diets. I think yeah. like defensive line teams and offensive line teams for, I don't know, Oscar's shaking his head because he doesn't know anything about that garbage sport. Yeah, no, I mean, you guys literally know more about the NFL than I do because you watch some games sometimes. <laughs> like, I watch <laughs> the Super Bowl and that's it. <laughs> one game, one game each year. This year was my first one and I fell asleep in the second quarter. So. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> Never mind I can't then. Imagine, I can't imagine, though, that players are like sneaking in pepperamis and and shit like maybe just having a meatball in their pocket yeah i mean it puts a whole new meaning to like uh i'll, I'll meet you behind the bleachers and give you some of my meat uh-huh. right after yeah. practice <laughs> why is it like we expect we get a low level sort of level of filth from chuck all the time but it's the spikes of oscar filth that really stick. make me just yeah. yeah stick in my throat yeah literally <laughs> filthy pervert all right well let's transition to our next story and probably actually much bigger news than some shirts made out of coffee and plastic and that is the i don't know about that fact that <laughs> this is coming from the atlantic nope the athletic i always do <laughs> every, <laughs> every fucking time. time we go to our correspondent live in the ocean <laughs> <laughs> what can you tell us steve um, it's fucking wet thanks steve <laughs> here 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 
Premier League players and staff must now self-isolate for 10 days when returning from any overseas trip, except to train and compete. Under new government rules issued to the 20 top flight sides on Sunday, there were previously no restrictions placed on club personnel arriving back to Britain, having been involved in the Champions League or Europa League or international ties outside of the UK, but according to the fresh guidelines, they will have to quarantine in the same way as any other member of the public and will be only permitted to leave home when entering their elite sporting environment. The 10-day period can be halved if a negative test is provided, uh, and it also removes the quarantine exemption for new signings. Just all sorts of extra stuff in place. Um, the sad thing is that they, I guess, won't be able to see their kids if they go play uh, an international game for 10 days, so that's kind of a bummer. No, it won't be. I don't imagine it will be quarantined themselves. I think they'll just have to stay at home, no? It says self-isolate. Yeah, but that yeah, means... but if I have to self-isolate, it's not like I just kick my, kick my girlfriend and my child out of the house. Yeah. When I had to self-isolate, it was just a case of I couldn't sort of answer the door, I couldn't leave the house, but they could. We've been self-isolating for years then. <laughs> Sorry, Cal. <laughs> self-isolating from the Hoover in love. I'll just lift my legs up. Yeah. We're a year, more than a year into a pandemic and all these rules are coming in now. It just seems like... Good, isn't it? Shutting the door after the horse has bolted, isn't it? It's... Ugh, come the on. fucking stable's been knocked down. Well, this is <laughs> exactly. The down. whole farm's on fire, Ian. Who cares about the horse? <laughs> the stable's gone. It's on fire. They've used the embers to turn them into shirts for Forest Green Rovers, and now you're worried about building a fucking gate. I love how they wait till the end of February to say, okay, any new signings coming in, these are the rules for new signings coming in this season. Yeah. 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 Forget that. England might get the Euros now. So. Yeah, Ian, I mean, thank you for bringing that up because I actually forgot to put that on my rundown. So you guys are going to get the Euros this summer? Are we? Should we? Mm. <laughs> yeah, should it happen at all? <laughs> <laughs> Although we were supposed to get the final, and then they're still um and ah in whether they want to like play it in so many different countries, but they're also doing Champions League games in neutral venues, and then still doing second legs and first leg. I don't know what's going it's on. It's just hard to keep track of all the travel restrictions, right? So just, uh, especially since English people aren't allowed anywhere, since you guys are the plague at this point. Like We are the plague. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's <laughs> You're the America of Europe, which is not... Uh, good thing. <laughs> y- yay? <laughs> you have money, but no one likes you. We don't even have money. Brexit, isn't it? Um, we, yeah, was it was it Chelsea and Atletico that was played in Bucharest? It was played somewhere, not in Spain or England. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just go to Romania. What What is happening? Why do they need to go further? But then I think a German and Italian team played in Spain. Instead, or so like there was like, yeah. two, like it's really, really gotten quite out of control with the like. Yeah. This these guys aren't allowed here, but these guys are allowed here. So we could, all right, let's just meet there. Like, yeah, they should just do what the NBA did: all go to Disneyland and just play at Disneyland. <laughs> well, yeah, that or New Zealand. Let's just let's go and infect them. Come on, they're always the ones who are put up as the paradigm of dealing with this. I've had enough of them. Let's go and infect them and infect them with football. Yeah, you definitely don't want to be coming to Florida if you want to get less coronavirus. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I think part of it is genuinely like England is doing a really good job with the vaccine compared to other countries. Like the per capita rate of Yeah, I know. Vaccines is really high. So like there's a good chance you guys will actually be able to host this more safely than yeah. other places. That's the annoying thing, that the pervading thing that people are going to remember is the last thing that happened. And the last thing that happened is that England are doing quite well. Ignore all the other yeah. Oh, yeah, three yeah, yeah. lockdowns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, all the other shit that has just been so ridiculously mismanaged. The one thing they've given to the NHS to deal with hey, has been dealt with brilliantly. <laughs> we fucking clapped for them. 
right. Well, yeah, that was that was good. That'll that'll put food on the table, won't it? Oh dear. But yes, we might be uh, unbelievably. We might be uh, one of the quicker nations to have vaccinated our adult population. So yeah, maybe we'll be able to host the Euros. Who knows? Craziness, craziness. The idea of like planning for anything more than a few weeks ahead is is crazy to me. So yeah, <laughs> I don't it's, even it's understand not possible, that at all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's move on then to our next one. This isn't quite a whole story as much as a picture that BBC tweeted, but I thought it was interesting. <laughs> Um, and that is a quote from Ian Atkins, the Everton's ex-head of European... Always nice to have an Ian in there. Yep. <laughs> um, before the Molda move, he came in for four days and the Academy decided he wasn't good enough. I want to see if you guys can guess who the Everton ex-head of European recruitment is talking about. Keep in mind that this is a famous and good enough player that this is a ridiculous quote. That he was came in for four days and the Academy decided he was not good enough for Everton. So let's have a, a total blind guess in the dark here. Uh, Mulder, Norway, Erling Haaland. Ding, ding, ding. There it is. Ah, exactly well right. Well done. Well yeah. done. Point for Chuck. Play the music. That wasn't the bluffer. I still hosted and got a point. Yeah, you're hosting Yay. this week. <laughs> you imagine they had him for four days as like a fucking 13-year-old or whatever. However, I closed the tab, but it was a long time ago. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, but there's so many players you hear about that like that that just get bounced around different academies or whatever, and then all of a sudden they're worth 850 million. In in many ways, it's exactly like when Newcastle sold Ivan Tony to Peterborough. Mm. Um, and 25 yeah. gold in the championship, Ivan Tony. Yeah, yeah, it's it's exactly like that. That's what I'm choosing to believe. All right. Well, moving on to our next story. Um, this is on a much sadder note, but we do want to send our Wishes our best wishes and our thoughts go with Liverpool goalkeeper Alison Becker as his father, Jose Agostinho Becker, has died aged 57 in Brazil. Um, local police inspector said that Becker drowned at a dam near his holiday home. I would like to thank everyone for the messages and tributes to my beloved father, Alison said on Twitter. Our family feels loved by everyone. So our thoughts are with his family at this time. So let's just go on to another Unfortunate, we did get a one-week reprieve, gentlemen, but we are back on rapid, rapid, rapid-fire racism. And we have a story this week that Derbyshire police are investigating racist abuse aimed at Derby County's Colin Kazim Richards on social media following Friday's game with championship rivals Nottingham Forest. The striker, 34, scored the Rams' late equalizer in the 1-1 draw. Derby said they were disgusted by the abuse and reported it to the police. So once again, clubs going to the police about this. Progress, a good thing, even if it continues to happen. Yeah, what is depressing is that this is, seems to be happening more and more for... Do you know like how it used to happen when there would be a really major incident at an international tournament or something, and now it happens when Derby draw with someone? That's even more depressing, that that's the threshold it takes for these morons to decide to dip down into racism yeah i i do think there is like a negative feedback loop effect here as well like the fact that this keeps coming up in the press and there are stories being written about it gives those people you know more ideas or whatever like it it is kind of a two-way street in that regard Mm. um and then also like this is one of those things where once the media decides that something is a thing that they want to report on they're going to report on every little instance of it as much as they can like that i remember this is totally unrelated but i remember a long time ago there was a summer over here that was like the summer of the shark attack. And like every week there was like a new story coming out about someone near Florida or someone in like somewhere getting bit by a shark. And then um, at the end of the summer, 
it came out that it was actually less shark attacks that summer than the summer before it. It just hadn't been like a media <laughs> thing. Yeah, yeah. Classic. So this does feel a bit of something that's like kind of in the zeitgeist right now in a very bad way. Um, but as long as it continues to come up, we will continue to report on it and shed and shine whatever small light we can. So uh, enough said there. Let's move on then to something much, much more happy and much, much more exciting because it's time for fixtures. And Mr. Stimson, please cue the jingle because it is also time. Oh, they're better than they ought to be. Burnley of the week. It is time to not only crown Burnley of the week, but this will inevitably be Burnley of the season. And that is Monday, February 22nd, 2021. Brickton 1, Crystal Palace 2. Brickton 2.6 to Crystal Palace's 0. 0.2. 2.6 to 0.2, and they lost the game 2 to 1. Oh my God, Chuck, take it away. Strap in, folks. This one could go anywhere. Um... <laughs> <clears throat> uh, shove your XG up your fucking ass. <laughs> well done, Ian, well done. At what point, genuinely, and I've asked this to people in the Slack, and I don't get an answer because one of the consequences of living constantly on the edge like I do is no one ever knows what direction you're going in. But at, genuinely, at what point does being unlucky turn into... No, just not good enough. What point? What point does that happen? Really fucking soon, I think. Yeah, it, it is a really valid question that analytics people are starting to grapple with as well. I believe Double Pivot did about a half hour on this last week on their Patreon. Was that on the Patreon or the main one? I don't know. One of those. But it is definitely something that is coming up. I think we can save the Brighton talk because there is obviously <laughs> another very hilarious match involving Brighton this week. I want to hear your palace take. How, how fucking good does it feel to like... What are they, 14 times your XG and you beat them? Right? Just the 14. I mean, you said 0.2. That was generous. You rounded up. It was 0.18. <laughs> um, you know, uh, let's get the stats up. What was it? Uh, Brighton had about 70% possession. 75, I believe. Um, Brighton had 52 touches in the Crystal Palace area. And Palace had two touches in the Brighton area. Oh, good two, though, weren't they? Lovely two. Oh, good two. <laughs> Jean-Philippe Mateta, do whatever you want to me. All over my face, neck and chest. Thank you very much. You're going to do a spinning pirouette back heel goal against against the rivals get that man a fucking statue oh what did he get for that oh he was dropped against fulham roy hodgson is a fucking dinosaur c- um and then benteke cool as you like at the end bosh lovely stuff but it's fucking abject like i i'll definitely uh stick the needle in and love it because it's Brighton but there is very much the side of that's depressing you look at today uh, for Palace because we record on Sunday and we played Fulham to a nil-nil and against 18th in the league generating 0.09 xg which I believe was two shots off target for the whole game (laughs) Um, yeah it's not good and it's just what what's the fucking point what is the point of the football team what is the point of going on if this is the way it's going to manifest itself. Um, so my opinions on Palace uh, haven't changed. I think it's quite easy to see. And what is good now is not from me, but more people in different that support different teams are kind of seeing it now that it's just like, what the fuck? And I don't think, you know, you see you see the people using this as a basher to XG and is uh, because of 
um you know it's a simple fact of analytics it's just like there is a margin of error with everything that sometimes uh, things will happen it's just percentages right they keep taking the piss out of xg on these panel shows or whatever um like the the what is the Sky Sports one, Ian? The score center or whatever it is? And the uh, I think it's called Old Fucks at a Desk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the unofficial, <laughs> unofficial yeah, title. Yeah, they, they sit Saturday. there and criticize yeah. it and say that XG means nothing, but they'll sit there and go, oh, that should have been a goal. And it's like, well, all That's you're literally doing what is you're just, doing. It's yeah. just, uh, you know, it, it's like saying, well, we may as well get rid of the weather at the end of the news because it's just pointless, right? Because it doesn't matter, <laughs> does it? Because we it's can not just say it's sunny. <laughs> it's just sunny. We can just look outside and go, you know, we can just look at the scoreline and say what it is, right? It just, it just gives away. Anyway, we don't need to go on this train. You're all yeah, listening. Yeah, yeah, this happens about once a season, yeah. <laughs> yeah but it's just fucking depressing that again we don't how do you how do you watch that i mean people were messaging me today about watching it and like why why are you doing it to yourself why are you choosing <laughs> to watch palace for what just because it's on the bbc they were just talking about line of duty in the middle like they didn't yeah. even bother analyzing yeah. the game and then after talking about line of duty they were talking about chelsea man united yeah. that was coming up like, they don't give a shit. and mark hughes's hair <laughs> They don't give a fuck. I went to Tesco in the middle. I, d- I don't care. Like, why, why are you fucking doing this to yourself? You need to have a look at yourselves. And Hodgson is just like a dinosaur. He doesn't know what's going on. It's horrible. you got Van Arnholt keeps being brought in. Mitchell's out. Like, no attacking players. We don't have Zaha. Not trying anything different. And uh, I said it so many times. Eighth season in the Premier League. You shouldn't be unable to... To have a shot on target <laughs> against um, Fulham, who, you know, fair enough, are in the ascendancy right now. And I'm very much looking forward to them staying up at either Newcastle or Brighton's expense. Uh, <laughs> that'll be great. And I know it'll really it'll really appeal to Safira. Gold! Gold! Always believe in your soul. Please take Roy Hodgson back now. He's fucking intolerable. We're always just losing. Well, if we're bashing pallets, can I throw some numbers out since I have them up? Why? They're ingrained in my fucking memory. I sleep. I wake up in the middle of the night chanting them, just banging my head against the wall. It's like the end of Blair Witch and I'm just stood in a fucking corner. I can't deal with it anymore. Well, I was waiting for it to be a nice round number and it did work out as of this morning. So I do just want to throw out that your last five XGs are 0. 0.8, 0. 0.4, 0. 0.6, 0. 0.2, and 0. 0.1. Hang on. So we're literally halving each time, basically. <laughs> <laughs> no, you had the, it went up to 0. 0.6 in the middle there. So. Oh, good. Um, so it has been over a month, six weeks since you guys generated more than 1.0 XG. Yeah, and what and this but this is then at the same time it's fucking mad. We're like the we've got like the sixth most points this calendar year. <laughs> like yeah. Since the start of twenty twenty one. And you're like, what the fuck? I don't know what to feel. I don't like it. I don't like the fact that now every single time you turn on any media thing, it's oh they've got eleven players out of contract in the summer. Oh Roy Hodgson doesn't know what he's doing yet. Roy Hodgson doesn't know what he's doing yet because he's fucking senile. <laughs> <laughs> pops out to the shop then he comes I don't know fucking anyway he goes for a swim um, <laughs> but look, you, we can, anyway we can talk about the Brighton side if you want because um, yeah let's hop over to the Saturday fixture we had West Brom 1 Brighton 0 West Brom 0.7 <laughs> 2 Brightons 3.1 Mr. Simpson can you please cue the jingle one more time because this deserves it big sound for big bollocks <laughs> ooh they're better than they ought to be what, what for the week 
this undoubtedly must go down as a Watfording, even though West Brom did score the goal because they, you know, generated towards seven, scored one. So that's not that out of the question for West Brom. But 3.1 scoring zero for Brickton. Notably, two penalties off the woodwork and one free kick that was scored, then not scored, then scored again, then disallowed again. (laughs) On again, off again, like Ross and Rachel in Friends. Um... (laughs) Yeah, blame the referee. Blame the referee when you can't score. He gave you two penalties. Two <laughs> penalties against West Brom. Against West Brom. You're meant to be like this super fucking XG team. Woo, woo, yeah, let's go. Graham Potter. Oh, such a fucking tactical football pervert. <laughs> In fairness to Graham Potter, he did come out right after this and be like, man, that was uh, that was a pretty ridiculous free kick thing situation, but we fucked up two penalties. So like, fuck us. We don't deserve shit for this man. Yeah. Uh, which is exactly right. Like, that was embarrassing. I love, I sent you guys video because you weren't watching of Welbeck's penalty. <laughs> I couldn't oh, keep geez. a steady hand on this TV screen, a video that I was sending because when he falls, I was too busy laughing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It was good. It was really uh, good. Poor Danny Welbeck. Yeah, yeah it was, uh, I mean, Allardyce, tactical genius. Love the guy. Um, <laughs> West Brom will be safe now somehow. They'll manage it. Um, they, won't. they won't. They won't. Don't worry. <laughs> Yeah, it's just uh, unlucky. We're we're in what week twenty nine now, and we're still talking about unlucky Brighton. Like, yeah, it has to stop at some point. It definitely has to stop because I didn't watch the uh, Brighton Palace game live, and once I heard about the numbers and everyone losing their mind of how did Brighton lose that match. I thought, oh, okay, I'll I record all of the matches. I was like, I'll, I'll watch that one back. And I watched it back, fully expecting to be fully in support of that position. Like, you know, two two touches in the box compared to 50 or whatever it was. Fine, I must, I must be supportive of that position. And then Brighton annoyed me so fucking much when I was watching <laughs> that match. That's what they do. That's what they do. Seriously, it was incredibly irritating and I expected to be on their side for it. Chuck chuck bias aside, you know. Uh, but I don't understand. Uh, at some point, it's hard to blame Potter because uh, the the XG is being created. I don't know what you guys think about this, but as, uh, you know, as you say, <laughs> champions of XG... It is being created. They are getting into some positions and their finishing specifically has been absolutely terrible. But I feel like the players individually have to take some level of responsibility because I am I despise the sort of thing of talking about mental toughness about teams and uh, well, I, I, I do when it comes to the sort of Roy Keane thing of that is all uh, yeah, yeah that is all he is able to talk about you know there is ne- never any actual analysis it's just oh well they're just they don't want it enough for it it's just I, that's just you can't be doing that all the time but with this team I think there's something to be said other than the relative bright spark of um Sanchez who's coming to come into goal for them now they've got rid of Matt Ryan, which was a genius move. Getting rid of him to Arsenal is, is a good move. But, yeah, that was the answer to the problems, wasn't it? <laughs> well, no, but obviously not. But it was it was something. Because I think he has been a bright spark. Everyone else has really got a lot to answer for. Um, so for this mental toughness thing, let's, let's have a think about that. They haven't won a game where they've conceded first in the last 12 times that's happened. So when they concede first, they lose. Now, 
I, I, I'm literally just reading off some notes I made on my iPhone as I was watching this game, uh, specifically the Palace game. Dan Byrne is a lanky streak of piss who makes bad <laughs> decisions when things haven't gone his way. Dan, Bur- Dan Byrne, the six foot seven centre back, I believe, who plays as a wing back playing crosses in <laughs> because Brighton do play on average with 5.2 centre backs each game. Right. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Sure. Then. Okay. That would explain some of the finishing, probably. <laughs> yeah. But then finishing as well. So you got Lalana seems desperate to snatch every shot he gets. He seems desperate to go for that big goal that he used to be famous for scoring, but hasn't for a while now, and it it doesn't happen anymore for him. And because con- his legs are made of monster munch. Exactly. Yeah. And he constantly snatches at shots, where you just think, just calm the fuck down. Uh, then you've got uh, more pay. His decision... More like less pay. <laughs> it should be. His, Overpay. His decision-making in front of goal is horrendous. He will take a touch when he should take the shot. He'll take the shot when he should take a touch. He never seems to make the right decision in front of goal. Um, Trossard's a, a good player, but he's so inconsistent. And again, he will he will make a bad decision when it comes to when he should be taking on a player and when he should be trying to pass a give and go and move into space. I just I, I find them it really hard to sympathise with Brighton. I oh, yeah, really really find it hard to sympathise. And that was the prevailing emotion on Twitter. It seemed to be like, oh poor Brighton. And I watched that game and I just got angry with them. I just <laughs> I saw nothing of it at all. I saw no sympathy at all. Thanks, mate. I appreciate it. I can present the analytics side of it because, like, you 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 pretty much covered the like fuck them. They're they're boring to watch and frustrating to watch, and I yeah, agree bitch. with that. <laughs> yeah, um, there's a few things going on here. First of all, the way stats work, the way math works, um, and this works as much for the five thirty eight percentages as like xG and predictions at the end of the season and all that sort of stuff, like statistics, is that. At no one individual team is particularly likely to deviate from their numbers significantly. But when you take 20 teams at a time, that small percentage that's, that they'll deviate in the aggregate makes it very likely that every year you have like one or two teams who are super far from their XG. And it just happens to be, you know, luck. Like we call that luck, but it could just be other stuff that we can't quantify, right? So analytics tends to be like, we can't quantify it, so let's just call it noise. Um, you might translate that in regular words to like luck. So the, the sort of extra stuff that's happening, right? Mm. Um, and then, but there's also something else happening that happens in really extreme cases, and I think this is one of them. Um, and this is not an original thought. Mike Goodman made this point on the double pivot, but it was really, really insightful. And I was like, holy shit, that's no, such no, no. a... No, no, just claim you a, made it, mate. You yeah, made okay. it. <laughs> no, I just want to, you know, I like to give credit. But he pointed out that, as you, Ian, actually also just pointed out, they fall behind early so fucking much, so much that that is now, you know, every team will fall behind early once in a while. And so yeah. like now we have game state effects coming into like one match. When you're bringing in game state effects to 50% of your season because they go behind and like go behind and early, they're spending the majority of their matches and in the aggregate now because of so many matches being this way, like a large percentage of their season chasing the game. And so they are throwing everything they can into attack because of the game state. And the, uh, the teams that they're playing against are probably mostly happy to try to defend that. So they're mm-hmm. conceding space, they're conceding ground, and eventually they're conceding chances. But that is not necessarily reflective of Brighton's actual talent. 
because like they're because of the game state is allowing them to sort of put up higher XG numbers because they're creating more chances, but they're still not a good team, so they're not gonna finish those XG numbers. To yeah. the same, you know, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, because they're always behind and chasing, it makes them look like a more attacking team, basically. Yeah, they're them conceding first because they're maybe not a great team is creating a situation where they naturally then go and create more chances. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I, so I, I feel like I need to apologize for going immediately to the sort of mental toughness argument. But that does, I think that does. No, sh- not. No, go on. <laughs> You're so- happy with that. <laughs> No, no, no. So here's I'm I'm gonna be quite actually non-biased for these two points, and I think it'll kind of round off the whole Brighton thing. You you look at their last six games, so they had two really good results, two one nil wins against Tottenham and Liverpool. So you can't you can't take anything away from that. Yeah. They outperformed on XG for both. Liverpool was like very, very marginal, but that's just what it is. They then uh, got a bit of a good result against Burnley because Burnley out xg them three to one. Um, so, they, but they got it was a one all there. So now on a good form run of form because before that, well, I'll tell you what, before the Tottenham game and this kind of feeds into the argument after they generated two point two nine against Fulham, uh, and it was a nil nil. So you then come through that good run of form. You've got seven points in three games. They then get two point three three xg against Villa's zero point one four. And the game ends nil-nil. Oh. So in terms of in terms of the mindset, you're naturally thinking, okay, there wasn't really much we could do there. It just wasn't our day. Oh well, we'll go again. And you and you work through however many days that was. They then had a nine-day gap. I don't know if they played in the club, cup or anything. A nine-day gap before they play Palace. And in that Palace match, as you all would have seen, they threw everything at Palace. We can do those stats. The high, the high possession, which it doesn't necessarily mean as much, but you could tell where it was happening because they had their record touches for in the opponent's box, mm. at fifty-two. Mm. Get it, receiving the ball once every other minute for a whole game, like that's a lot. It doesn't happen that much in football if you actually watch the game. They mm. generate two point five nine. They go one nil down to Palace. Then they concede in the ninety-fifth minute. Yeah. The psychological impact of that, again, will be, for fuck's sake, we couldn't, what more could we have done? We missed our chances, X, Y, Z. Right, we've got to pick ourselves up again for the next game. 3.12 XG versus 0.69, two missed penalties, the free kick fiasco. Once again, they're thinking, what the fuck? What can we do? What more can we physically do? So I think at that point, in that way... That's when you can talk about the mentality. Not mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. this team wanted it more, this team didn't, that's a bullshit. But the psychological effect of that, back to back to back, of throwing everything you fucking can at this, generating eight XG, scoring one goal, and coming out of three games with one point. Yeah. You you can't deny then the psychological impact. Yeah, they're almost the reverse Liverpool, because last year Liverpool would score early and then not attack as much as maybe they normally yeah. would in a normal game. And so it made their XG numbers look small, which made us laugh and laugh and laugh about how much they didn't deserve the title and everything. But like, that's obviously exaggerated to a certain extent because of their game state effects. Right? That's like a real thing. And I do want to say, like, just because something is hard to quantify or potentially even impossible to quantify does not mean that it's not real and doesn't have actual effects. And so, like, yes, especially like like snobby, condescending analytics people like myself. <laughs> Or like, oh, mentality, oh, you're so dumb, you're such a fucking dumb idiot. But it's like, no, 
psychology does have like a visible effect. Like the more a team does bad, the worse they are. Like you, you're extrapolating data from actual real events. It's not machines. You, you know what exactly. I mean? There are yeah, yeah, yeah. there are of effects. It's just a way to quantify it. And we as human beings, we like everything in neat little boxes and how we can understand it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We won't go too much into all of the you know ethical and all the other thing reasons, but I think we all understand that. We like to know where we belong. We like to know what things are from. But anyway, so Brighton now, the next three games are Leicester, Southampton, Newcastle. They are equal on points with Newcastle and Fulham are now three points behind them on 23. So if they're going to play Newcastle, that's a big game. I know Newcastle play Fulham on the last day of the season. That's then a big game for them. And so they, it will be very interesting to see how the approach changes, if the approach changes, whether Potter just stay stubborn with the way they're playing and we see them continue to generate high XG numbers because then, you know, we all talk about Bielsa burnout. It's potential then that yeah. it will happen with Potter's Brighton because if you're doing as a player and you're hammering it every day and don't get me wrong, these guys are professionals. They, you know, th- these, these guys are living their dream, whatever, whether it's playing for Brighton or not. I don't know. <laughs> but like it's going to have an effect at some point. So it will be interesting to see in what way it adapts. Um and on the second kind of point that I wanted to make is that I need Brighton to get relegated. <laughs> <laughs> I need, and I mean that not as a palace and whatever, like I can't see a world in which Brighton fixed this. I don't want to, to be in it where Brighton performed to these numbers. Because if Brighton in the summer, they stay up and they invest like 40, 50 million in an amazing striker that can deliver these numbers, like nah. I can't, I can't deal with that. They're, they're third, third on expected points this year. Third, right, as we speak. Now, Liverpool will probably go above them after this game. I know Liverpool are winning at the minute as well. Yeah. Um, but they're third expected and they're actually 16th. Palace fans saying, oh no, keep them in the league. That'll be good. At least we still have the rivalry. Mm-mm. No. You need Brighton to get relegated. Yeah, 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 because <laughs> they could it. come back with a fucking fear. Like, yeah, exactly. But I do like to be beside the seaside. I love getting three points. What a fucking way to go! <laughs> uh, it's, it's just beautiful. Fucking seaweed. Love it. Love it. Two one. Two one. Fourteen times XG, and we'll do a fucking smash and grab on you. Fucking have that, you pricks. Uh, well, okay. I think that's a good place to move on then from one to one Burnleying to another, and that is Saturday, February twenty seven. Manchester City 2, West Ham 1. Are they the West right now? Yes, they are. West Ham 1, 0.8 <laughs> to 1.9 on XG. No one, so, no one gets that joke apart from you. I know, I know, I know. But, you know, that it's Brom versus Brighton. This one's for all the burrs. <laughs> and they lost. Okay. And this one was Manchester. Anyway, sorry. So now it's Iton? Yeah, and so now they're just Iton. <laughs> Brom versus Iton. <laughs> Genuinely, write in if you understand the joke that he makes. He's not going to explain it on the pod, but if you understand any of what he's talking about, and I won't accept it from your wife because I know that she... (laughs) Yeah, 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 she definitely gets it. Um, All right, anyway, sorry. Manchester City 2, West Ham 1. Manchester City 0.8 to West Ham's 1.9, so they got out XG'd by 1.2 and 1, 2 to 1. First time I can remember this season. I could be wrong earlier in the season, but this is the first time I can remember Manchester City Burnley-ing. Um, and it's pretty nice that they burn lead for their 20th win in a row. Uh, just a good example of you can't get 20 wins in a row without at least a little bit of luck on your side. Um, and today was their luck. This is true. Yeah, it was stale, I'd say. But they they made quite a lot of changes. And I think he, in one go, brought a lot of players back. 
He got Aguero yeah. in at the start. Kevin De Bruyne was in, who, you know, I obviously sent messages about, oh, De Bruyne looks rusty. And then five minutes later, he plays that inch perfect pass to Diaz <laughs> and it's fucking beautiful. But it was very much watching them play. And the end result was kind of like what we've been saying about Man United. It was just a couple moments of individual brilliance mm. rather than, well, I'd say the De Bruyne one was individual brilliance and the Stones goal was terrible defending from West Ham. Like, yeah, they just switched gifted. off. You, yeah. you, where, when you know one of the elements of a team playing is they're going to drive to the byline and cut it back to the center, uh, to the penalty spot and you're going to have just leave Gundogan and Stones unmarked in that area when Mahrez yeah. is going down the line. Like, yeah, no, you deserve that one fully. <laughs> Um, it was City getting the job done that he needed to do, really, wasn't it? West, like West Ham were great. Yeah, they were great, actually. But this was the sort of ugly win that champions have to get sometimes, isn't it? Well, and don't underestimate the effect of like the Champions League this week on an already bunch of tired teams. Like, all four... Yeah. Are United still in the Champions League? They are, right? United are in the Europa League. Europa League, uh, they, okay. they had Sociedad. I, can't, I don't remember right, what right, the right, score right. was for the second leg, but they were carrying a 4-0 win. Yeah, across, yeah, yeah, yeah so. that's right. I remember that now. You're right. But I think, like... All the Champions League teams really looked fucking tired this week. Really struggled. Yeah. Like, really. I mean, obviously, the Chelsea United match we'll talk about later was just, like, nothing for 90 minutes. Just really, really tired people just staring at each other while the ball rolled around the ground. <laughs> um, but that is how City felt as well. And I don't know how Liverpool are doing. Um, as we speak, we are recording at the, as they are playing against the mighty, mighty Sheffield. But I'd imagine they're also looking very slow and tired because they have for pretty much every other game recently. They've made a meal of Sheffield United. I mean, I've only been looking, yeah, I've been sort of giving it the side eye when I can, but they do seem like they've made a meal of Sheffield United. It's 2-0 with five minutes to go, but yeah. One was an own goal. Don't underestimate how tired these teams are, right? Because like even City, who Pep has like tried to design a squad around like keeping them from getting burnt out, will just look tired from time. Like it's fucking crazy how much soccer they're playing. Everything else that's going on in their lives is hectic, just like ours, like all that sort of stuff. That's not to make excuses, but like, it will happen. It's not. I don't see this as any like sort of area for concern for City fans or for Pep necessarily. Um, although I will say Aguero did not look like he knew what the hell was going on in that system. He looked very no. out of place. But I'd, I'd also argue that I don't think anyone really knew what was going on in that system. There were a lot of wayward passes. Yeah. Um, a lot of it was very scrappy, um, and that's kind of what led to the West Ham goal. I think it was Fernandinho lost the ball. Um, and just had it taken off him, and then West Ham spread it very quickly, and yeah, Lingard did a thing that was maybe good, possibly not sure. <laughs> Jerry's out on that one, um, and Antonio was right there in the box and really and really to tap it in, and and they really deserved that. And as well, there were there were a couple of other moments where they were just kind of inches away. West Ham definitely looked in that game like the more well-oiled team, um, but yeah, City had made seven changes. They played Gladbach in in the week. Mm. Um, God knows where it was. If it was a neutral venue, they probably played it in South Africa or something. Yeah. <laughs> Why um, not? Brazil. There's nothing going on there that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, may as well. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of miles been going on at a minute. And, yeah, we are kind of... Uh, it's kind of, as we've said before, like with this season shifting, uh, that it's now there's a bit more congestion now, maybe, it feels like, than there would normally be. I mean, oh, yeah. Got... Now that the Champions League is back, now that Europe is back in there, it's just like, it's way too much. It's, I'm like genuinely concerned about Chelsea's players. Yeah, I think I think most teams will be concerned about I think any team that's involved in Europe or still in any cup competition should be really concerned. Yeah, or, or God forbid, both. Yeah. yeah, and so when they rotate, that's the key, is when they need to get the results and get the points. Um, do we wanna do we wanna take a second to give some love to West Ham? I know they lost here, but they out XG'd Man City and they're in fourth. 
I've said they were good a few times, but if you want to, if you want to take a few more minutes on them, that's absolutely fine, mate. I mean, they did, they did, they just look good. I mean, they're what fifth, sixth in the league, fourth, fourth in the league, top London team. You wouldn't have guessed that David Moyes would do this job. Like, I'm pretty sure. I don't even need to roll back the tape on it, but we were ridiculing the fact that he was back in. Yeah. You know, anytime you get back a manager that you fired, like, what, like two years ago, two and a bit seasons ago, maybe? All right. Um, I mean, it's Darren Ferguson's third stint with Peterborough, so simmer down. <laughs> As I said, joker for club. Um, but no, I, I think West Ham are in a precarious situation, I think, especially as Antonio is their only striker. Um, they're having to manage his minutes incredibly closely and the way mm-hmm. he plays, um, especially because of how physical um, his game is. I mean, he's, he's a fantastic player. I love watching him. Um, he always makes me happy and um, to see him scoring. But that, that will be interesting if they then get another injury to Antonio or something, how they then manage with, with that up front. But players like Bowen, begrudgingly players like Lingard um, <laughs> that have come in and, and taken to it really well. I mean, Suchek is Suchek. He's a cheat code. Probably should have scored in like the 94th minute of that game. Um, if if Diop's header was just a bit wider, it was it was kind of each way. He Diop hit it in the place that was worse. If he'd hit it a bit more to the left, it might have gone in. A bit more to the right, Suchek had a tap in. So, Yeah, I think they're in a funny position that, that Everton were at the start of the season where doing very well, but potentially only a couple of injuries away from a serious problem but yeah honestly i think even without injuries i'd be concerned about them um this feels a bit of like when who was it that was like first place for the first time in their history just for like one night was it southampton southampton yeah this feels a bit like that because like even if they stay healthy they're over they're running hot right now Mm. they're a few points above expectation i think it's like three or four um and they're like eighth for xg difference per 90 so like you know over the course of the season, they're not like they don't have so much of a points cushion that I don't think that that can yeah, end up where they end up, be where they end what, up. What you've got to remember now is obviously like I've got it on expected points at the minute, and you've got a team in there like Brighton, which is above them, which Brighton yeah. is a colossal way. That you, you know what I mean? So you can effectively take that slot out, and I'm happy to just delete Brighton. Right? <laughs> Fair so enough. by expected yeah. points on on that kind of merit, West Ham are fifth. So there's only four teams that are close to them, that are really outperforming them over the season. Yeah, 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 yeah. Although they do have that extra game. Like, Villa have more per 90, but they have two games less, so, like, that kind of mm, evens it out. Yeah, but they're, they're in the pack. Like, they're right, right, right there with um, United are a little bit above, but then Leicester, Villa, West Ham, and to a lesser extent, but sort of Arsenal's numbers are pretty close together in that pack underneath. But I definitely don't see them finishing top four, do you? No, but, you know, if... If at the minute that that happened, like it wouldn't necessarily surprise me as well. Sure, yeah. This season, there's a lot of weirdness. Like somebody, there's a good chance someone finishes in the top four. That I mean, it's going to be Leicester probably. Who doesn't deserve yeah. it? But you know, <laughs> it's still just it's still consistency. There's still you know what is it? Do 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 down to Palace in thirteenth to Man United in second. There's only seventeen points. It's not a lot. Yeah, that's not a lot. That's a that's basically the gap up to City at this point. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, 12. They're fucking running away with it. Jeez. 62 points, man. Do you remember when they were 13th and it's called less goals than Palace? Well, yeah. Less goals than Calvert-Lewin, we specifically said. I'm hoping that uh, Chelsea are in that same like month of, wow, these guys are boring and don't look like they have any idea what they're doing. And then all of a sudden it clicks. And Hopefully, because fuck if Hopefully. I'm watching a Chelsea game again. It's just... Oh, I know. <laughs> Do you want to just skip to that? I'm fine with skipping to that. Sunday, February 28th, zero Manchester United, zero Chelsea 1.2. To Man United's 0.4, 
Other days I might be annoyed that we did 1.2 to 0.4 and didn't get the win there, but like honestly, it was pretty turgid watching. This is yet another boring, boring Chelsea match since uh, Tuchel took over, but also another, we still, what, eight or nine games without a loss? Seven clean sheets? Yeah, and you'll you'll take it after the trip to Bucharest or Budapest or (laughs) whatever B uh, Chelsea went to in the week and getting, you know... I will say that Atletico looked crap and like they genuinely didn't want to play at all. Um, and, and they were one tapping away from getting a draw there. Like it was very, very tight that match. Yeah, yeah, there were a few moments, but that's that's a great result. Um, a really oh, big good time. result. And Giroud's goal. Oh my God, that man can do whatever he wants to me. <laughs> that's the second time that's been said in this podcast. <laughs> I mean, I'll say it every week if you need me to. That man can do whatever he wants to me. <laughs> I'll just sit in the corner. I won't, I won't get involved or anything. I just like Chuck, to Chuck, Oscar, Mateta and Giroud. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a party to me, man. Yeah, it does, certainly does. It's the Frenchmen and their sexual rawness. Yeah, oh my God. Actually, speaking of Frenchmen... <laughs> That is basically my only Chelsea take at the moment. Is uh, speaking of Frenchman, I do think that this might be the end of um, Conte, Golo Conte. I am getting closer and closer to the opinion that they should probably try to sell him this summer, even though he's really? you know fucking Engolo Conte. While they can still get some money for him, um, and like Real Madrid or PSG are still willing probably to sign a name like Engolo Conte because he's not fully out of his prime yet. Um, but I don't see how he fits in this system. Right, I was just going to ask, do you think it's a drop-off in him or just that he doesn't fit with... Uh... Um, A bit of both. I'll say this. If we were playing world-beating football, favourites for the Champions League, favourites for the league, something like that, and he's at the heart of that, I'm like, no way in hell. Would you even consider selling him? You ride him till the end of his contract. Yeah. You, you lose that money, whatever. But given that we're not like competing at the top, top level anyway... I tend to be of the belief, and this goes against, you know, the conventional wisdom and most fans or whatever. There's one of those cases where I end up in the outside because of stats reasons and stuff. But I tend to be of the opinion that you should sell famous players when they are still in their prime and you can get money for them. Unless you have very, very, very compelling reasons not to. Like Mm. the default should be let's sell at 28 or 29. Um, You know, I mean, if you're Liverpool and you have Salamane and Firmino all the same age and like are doing the things that they were doing, fine, ride it until the end, and they're going to have yeah, a huge problem next summer. But no. But, like, Conte is not that. Um, so I'm, I don't want to have a Willian where, like, we could have sold Willian for $50 million to Barca, $60 million to Barca, a few summers in a row they were after him. And then, you know, he went for free to Arsenal. Like, that was money that we could have made and invested. So I kind of want them to do that with Conte because he's not the right central midfielder for a Tuchel system. And by the time we fire Tuchel, because we give, what, 14 months to a manager on average, right? We did that math out the other day. True story. Um, By the time Tuchel's gone, Conte will be too old to get significant money for him. So cash in while we can is where I'm at. That's kind of all I have as far as takes with Chelsea. Yeah, I mean, it's just got to be qualified for the Champions League, isn't it? That's it. Maybe try and get to the final, win it this year. It It is wide open. I'm telling you guys, man. Like, there's other than City, there's no team in the Champions League that I think is necessarily on paper better than Chelsea. Oh, wait, no, and and Munich. Sorry, City and Munich, very clearly better. Yes, just that juggernaut. <laughs> yes. Um, but besides that, like, I, Messi's better, but, like, the rest of the Barca team is crap. Madrid are shit. But Barca, Barca have got to do another absolute madness um, since they lost 4-1 to PSG at the new Camp. Right, exactly. So, like, I don't, I don't see a team out there that I don't think if Tuchel's... Attacking system starts to gain traction, which it might be. Um, 
that I'm afraid of. Honestly, I'm not afraid of anybody in the Champions League right now. It's it's just the problem of getting past Bayern or City. Such a such an easy thing just to do. Just that. Just that. Well, if you can avoid them till the final, we already beat Bayern in the final once, being the much, much, much worse team. So. Sure. Uh, all right. Um, should we talk about Villa Leeds? Question mark. No. Okay. Should we talk about Newcastle Wolves? Fuck Question no. mark. Jesus. One per- <laughs> Newcastle Newcastle generating one point nine five xg with no Callum Wilson. Yeah, oh. not bad. Um, your boy Callum had Saint Maximan. Exactly. Yeah, he had a good, good-looking game. Maximan, I want to be Alan Max. He can be there with Giroud and Mateta as well. <laughs> it's just French. It's just French players. Yeah, yeah. I guess it, just French people are very attractive. I guess. Shout out to all our Paris listeners. Remember when we were big in Paris for like a week? We've been big in Malaysia, big in Paris, big in um, Ohio. I've noticed recently. Shout out Cleveland. Yeah, shout out uh, or Akron or Dayton, Ohio. I slept. Uh, I spent a night in Dayton, Ohio, um, checking out the Museum of the Air Force for two days on a road trip with my buddy. Beautiful place. Did, did you download a couple of times? That's probably it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yes, in the summer of 09, I downloaded our podcast. <laughs> oh, okay, fine. <laughs> he, he booked it in, future planning. Yeah. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is in Cleveland, isn't it? Uh, some, yes. There's some Hall mm-hmm. of Fames in Ohio, MB, NFL, NBA. Uh, no, NBA Six Hall of Fame is in New England. <laughs> no, Cedar Point. Cedar Point's in, yeah, yeah. Good there day. There we go. Theme park. That is uh, this week's edition of Facts About Ohio that may or may not be true. <laughs> Ohio Watch. <laughs> Have you got anything to say, particularly Oscar, about Tottenham Burnley? I don't, know. No. no. I just feel like it, we are, we've ignored Tottenham a few times. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. (laughs) Are you happy to do it again? (laughs) Just yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't. They played better than Burnley, and they scored. Um, Fine. If we're if we're talking about Tottenham, they scored four times. Bale being in the lineup. Oh, Oh, were you in like producer talk? Yeah. (laughs) Oh no, no, we're keeping that in. Yeah, too late. Too late now. We're too far. We're too far down the rabbit hole. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's less more work for you, mate, if you have to edit this out. And come on, there's enough fucking bollocks that you got cut. The people love a peek behind the curtains, anyway. Um, uh, yeah, okay. we've been avoiding Tottenham. I don't. They're not like Leicester. They're not that interesting or whatever. But as far as interesting things about that Tottenham match go, um, the fact that Bale got a start and that front line, I saw a lot of Spurs fans on Twitter being like, "Oh, finally, we're actually playing our best front line." Kaylee said that, I believe, and obviously our good friend Jeff was also quite pleased with Bale I being mean, in the he lineup. He also wasn't happy that Lucas Moura was starting. I believe he said he's where possession goes to die. <laughs> yeah. Lovely. He did, lovely he did say that, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Wasteful. Um, it, to me, it's too little too late for Spurs. Honestly, it's too little too late. Like, what are they going to do at this point? They're, what yeah. does 538 have them at? Like, 14%. Actually, that's not nothing. They're 14% to make the Champions League. That is correct. That is not nothing. Um, you know, there's a clear pack of United, Liverpool, Leicester, and Chelsea, and then down from there, there's a jump to West Ham, and then down from there, there's a jump to Tottenham. So that's about where they at in terms of qualifying for the Champions League, according to five thirty eight. Looking at expected goal difference per ninety, they are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, tenth on XG per ninety, according to five thirty eight, uh, according to FBref. So like. I don't really think there's much interesting there. Like, that's why I keep not talking about it. Yeah, but, it's like, just the bipolar nature of what Tottenham you're going to get. Like, no one knows, yeah. really. I, that's you don't true. Know, and, and that's 
just the, the way Mourinho is for some reason like it and, it and it almost seems like you could believe it's deliberate that he just makes it so fucking turgid and, <laughs> and all this kind of stuff and you know it had been saying for a while like what was the point in getting Gareth Bale in you know like what if Mourinho was there when he was part of like being brought in they've they're paying a shit ton of money for him and he's just not yeah. playing you're like yeah. what, what was yeah. the point I wonder I wonder how much of that is injury stuff behind the scenes that we just don't know about like I know he fell out a bit at Madrid, but mm. he's a very good player on a lot of money to be getting like no minutes at two didn't different he, didn't clubs. Didn't he score the now. winning goal like, in two Champions League finals? Uh, I know uh, he scored what I believe is the greatest club soccer goal of all time. Which one? The overhead kick or the one yeah, where the he ran kick. so far and ran around the linesman? <laughs> beating the guy. <laughs> that was probably one of my favorite goals of all time. No, the overhead kick in like the 70th minute of a Champions League final on a poorly hit cross. The reason it was an overhead kick yes. is because the cross was behind him and he had the fucking mental capacity Where to like slow down, turn around, and then win the fucking Champions League like that. So anyway, but like he's too good to not get be getting played by this many clubs and these hmm. many managers. It, it reminds me of Bachuai, right? Like what the fuck is Bachuai doing behind the scenes that nobody likes him? Seven different managers now are like, nah. Why did, why did Palace loan him for a second time if he wasn't playing? And when he played for us the first time, he was injured for a while and then came and then he scored like five goals in nine games or something. Yeah. So I don't know. Great, what's, uh, but... Similar boat. I don't know what the hell's going on with Bale um, behind the scenes. I think that it must be something behind the scenes. Otherwise, he's too good to not. But, but he's getting played now. I was going to say, yeah. I mean, if this is a time to hit form, then Tottenham might be able to go on a little run, but... Yeah, I mean, on their day, Tottenham are, are like very good. Their attacking line is is terrifying. Kane, Son, and now if Bale can be good too, like forget it. But how many points behind are they? They're yeah, it's not that. Oh many. no, they're not that far out of fourth. Game in game in hand and five points behind Chelsea. Who are in but fifth. there's a lot of teams. One yeah, or two yeah, of those 20. teams will drop points, yeah. but they're not going to do better than one, two, three, four. Four teams. It's unlikely. I mean, that's where the yeah, percentage if, comes if, from, right? If like, you're talking about Everton and West Ham dropping off, who knows what Liverpool are again? This, yeah. They've, yeah. Got a nice, they've got a nice little fixture run coming up. They've got Palace, then Arsenal, Three points. Um, Villa, Newcastle. So, I mean, yeah, you you know, fixtures sometimes begats form, doesn't it? Yeah. All right. Well, that's, that's more than enough about actual soccer. Uh, let's turn to your guys' depressing FPL teams, get that out no. of the way, and then we can do no. the fun stuff that we all like. <laughs> no. no. Jack doesn't want to. No. <laughs> Come on, FPL champion. What do you got? Talk to me. A fucking embolism. <laughs> How's the bench boost going? 14 players played, and I've got 28 points. Oh no! Uh, <laughs> oh did they my all gosh. get two? Did they all just appear? <laughs> what do you What do you fucking want from me, mate? <laughs> I don't know. What's What's the most embarrassing thing is ten of those points are from Martinez and nine is from Son. Granted, I am, <laughs> as always, taking into account my minus eight. Um, so okay, it's thirty six, but it's uh, not. Okay. It's twenty eight. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, nineteen points are from Martinez and Son. Son, who I was going to get rid of. So. Good job, yeah. that didn't happen. <laughs> Good thing, yeah. Minus 12. Um, Alonso, zero. Pope conceded a billion goals. Cancelo didn't play. Dallas conceded. <laughs> Fernandez, at least he got a clean sheet. Brilliant. Uh, Gundogan <laughs> did nothing. Vardy captain, fuck all. Marshall came on as a sub. Bamford, fucking Bamford. <sighs> Foden, Tyrick Mitchell didn't play. Harvey Barnes, leg exploded. Like... <laughs> 
God. Heavens to Betsy. Okay. Okay. How about you, Ian? Yeah, I mean, I'm doing a little better. Um, please, please only actually be a little better and don't be bullshit. No, I'm on, I'm on 51. Yeah. <laughs> but if it's any consolation, my bench boost is currently getting me uh, seven points with only Pope playing Leicester as the extra gain that I've got on that because Oof. all of my Leeds assets blanked. And uh, then Pope played uh, Tottenham, so that didn't go too well. At least he got three saves to get a point. Yeah, because at one point, him and me were both losing me, as in Ben me. Me. Uh, You. (laughs) Yeah, not me specifically. Not you. (laughs) It's me and I, actually. No, not not me, but me. Yeah. um, God, this is such a recycled fucking gag, but it's got legs. Isn't it just? Isn't it just? (laughs) It just works, though. (laughs) but yeah, they were both losing me points at at one point. So yeah, it's just very poor, very poor. I was hoping for 125 points or something. And it's going very badly. Mm, there's still a chance. Uh, well, yeah, but I mean, Salah's done. I went with Captain Salah as well because I just yeah. wanted to do some something a bit different. And he's just done absolutely nothing. Uh, every time I looked up, it was someone else on the ball. So yeah, it's I I. I've said it so many times this season. I really hope this was going to be the week I kick on, but I'm I'm not going to. I'm going to finish about a millionth, and I've just got to make my peace with it. Yeah, but, I'm I'm fully ready to just delete it. Like, yeah, I'm done. I can't unless I do something weird. Now I'm never going to catch up with people. So fuck it. I'm just going yeah. to get freaky with it and glaze my nipples. What? <laughs> um, you heard? Um, yeah. So that's, that's FPL. Shout out yeah. to uh, we we never normally do this, but in our Patreon league, Sam Danby. Ah, uh, oh, fuck you, Sam. Uh, he's on a minus twelve, which puts him on fifty six points at the minute for a week. But he is currently twenty three thousandth in the world. But you know he lives in Norway, so like, what is it about Norway? They just sort of exude FPL skill. It's got to be the good quality of life. It's just that you don't have as many problems in your life. You've got good healthcare, good education, good wage. (laughs) Uh, Your place is clean. So it's just like, oh, my brain works. (laughs) Okay, yeah. So yeah, he's 23,000th in the world, which probably means he's 22,000th in Norway. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, right. Okay. Forget FPL then. Let, let's let's do some listener stuff. We've not done that in a while. We uh, we asked the Slack for some questions. If you want to get on the Slack, you can go on to patreon.com slash milesoffsidepod. And for just $2, you can get on the Slack. Or there is $5 to get extra FPL pods and nerdy pods and stuff. Um, $8 rich, creamy a month. content. Yeah, rich, creamy content. $8 will get you um, Oscars... Uh, spreadsheets and stats model so to help your FPL uh, FPL choices further the the only better thing you can do for your FPL team is move to Norway um, and $13 a month will get you a producer credit and you can pick one topic per season that we will do an episode on Yeah, but let's go to the Slack there's a socks one as well there is a socks one $30 a month will get a personally curated month supply of socks and not shit socks good socks Proper um, socks, yeah. Ski socks, yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Potentially ski socks if you want. If you want those, if you ask for ski socks, I'll give you ski socks. But... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, no one's gone for that yet, but you know, you you could be the first. Um, but let's hit the slack then. And Emily asks, Doctor Emily, Doctor Emily, Doctor Emily, thank you, Chuck. Doctor Sir Emily, M B E O B E K B E. She asks. What's the favourite sports moment you've experienced in person? 
Do we uh do we want to go soccer? Here we or go. Other? Fucking caveat. Sure. She said sports in it. She said sports. <laughs> she said sports. She's but probably in the next sports. room, Oscar. Why don't you ask her? Why don't you ask the caveat? <laughs> and then you can have a seven minute discussion on whether Spider Man's left footed or not. The question. <laughs> no, the question is the favourite sports moment you've experienced in person. Okay, well, I will give uh, one soccer answer and one non-soccer answer. Perfectly fine. Perfectly fine, mate. Perfectly fine. And then you can um, and then write a little spreadsheet and compare and contrast the two and then come up with one answer. Ooh, a dimensional analysis of the various sporting... Oh, I like that, Chuck. That's a great idea. Just break it down into it's like, how good was the food? How That's was fine, the weather? That's fine, but don't do it live on the... air. Do it in your own time. Yeah. Uh, Not right. on company dollar. Um, soccer... Um, being there, obviously, at Stanford Bridge, the only match I've seen at Stanford Bridge for Arsenal was pretty good. But in terms of, like, individual moment, um, Didier Drogba scoring from, like, 50 yards out in Baltimore. One of the most ridiculous, like, if you look up Didier Drogba goal, best goals compilations, it's always in the top 10. And it was in a summer friendly in Baltimore, Maryland. I drove down with my brother and my best friend. Uh, and, yeah, that was great. Um, and then I'll save my non-soccer one for the end because I don't want to take too much time. So you guys go for go off, off the chest, spin, 40 yards, pew, ping, Didier Drogba. That's the one. It's good. I knew you were going to say that as well. I don't, yeah, I don't of course. Know. It's, Just, a, you, I mean, it's an amazing goal. Well, that's, that's the problem, isn't it? For you, that you've not seen that much football live. Oh, I, I've got loads, but they're all involved Wembley. That's what I just yeah. thought. The, uh, the home of football, the cradle of football, the shithole. That's um, no, not. It's quite nice, actually. Is it Alan Pardew dancing? Is that your favorite moment? <laughs> I wasn't movie? there for that. I wasn't there. My dad oh. was there. I was, I was at the semi-final before uh, when we beat Watford. That was incredible. Um, I was at the playoff final uh, nine, eight, nine years ago, whenever it was, when we beat Watford. Lovely time. Uh, Chuck <laughs> plus Watford plus Wembley equals happiness. Um, I was there at the old Wembley in 1997. Um, when David Hopkins scored in like the 90 billionth minute um, to send us up against uh, the United Sheffield uh, as opposed to the one on Wednesday. Uh, <laughs> that was amazing because I was about six years old and uh, a man in front, like everyone was going crazy and hugging and stuff like that. And a man kissed my dad on the cheek and then he kissed me on the cheek. Uh, and then my dad went home and was telling the story and he went, and some bloke, he kissed me on the fucking cheek. And I went, yeah, he kissed me on the fucking cheek too. And he walloped me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, that's slightly on your dad. <laughs> I mean, you were just parroting what you did. That's not. Nah, no, nah, because the rule was always say what you want at the football, but right, don't let your okay. mother here when you get home. My dad right. was very much like, let me. Yeah, whatever. I when I was out, yeah. that was when he was like, he was with the boys. We used to go a lot to Palace. That's the problem why I can't remember anything because uh, there were so many games and. Yeah. So much repression. Um, and then <laughs> I think the funniest one I've had, I went to an England versus Scotland friendly, which was one of the only times Wilfred Zaha got a cap for England. I think it was one of two. Um, so I got to see him play, even though I was in line with the halfway line and at the back. So, you know, it, the the pitch looked about two feet long. <laughs> and uh, we were right on the divide between the England fans and the Scotland fans. So the whole game was a lot of screaming, shouting, all that. Like it was a really, really good atmosphere, uh, even though you were miles away from the pitch. And uh, Kenny Miller scored for Scotland and he was about 43 at the time. <laughs> and There's so still hope. 
they were, yeah, they, <laughs> they were leading and uh, England brought on Ricky Lambert. And some <laughs> Scottish bloke shouted over, oh, that is that the best you've got, Ricky Lambert? Insert Scottish impression here. Um, and some bloke about seven rows in front on the left of me turned around and went, oh, if Kenny Miller can score, Ricky fucking Lambert can score too. Uh, ensuing corner, Ricky Lambert's first touch of the game, goal. And everyone started going mental. And that one guy just turned around and went, Ricky Lambert, motherfuckers! <laughs> and it'll, it'll stick with me forever as I absolutely uh, loved that moment. It was such a good game. Uh, and really, really enjoyable. Excellent. Uh, well, one of mine definitely has to involve uh, Wembley as well. Although this is old Wembley, I don't know whether yours was old. Was was yours old no, Wembley? Ninety seven was old Wembley. Yeah. yeah. Oh right. Yeah. I managed course, to go yeah. to old Wembley. Lovely. So uh, mine, I think, and I may have talked about it before, but it's just sort of that seminal cr- creates creates a fan moment in you that my dad took me to see the uh, playoff final in nineteen ninety two. So I was eight years old. And Peterborough got to the uh, playoff final against Stockport County, I think it was, and we won that. And that was just the sort of seeing that huge, I say huge, huge group of people. I don't know how many people were at the playoff final, probably 15,000. That's a lot. Even Old Wembley was like (laughs) 70,000, 80,000. Well, yeah, but Peterborough Stockport weren't filling that, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's not enough people. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, yeah, just see that sort of level of group elation and uh, it drew me fully in. But if I want to go for one uh, when I was an adult fan, then it must have been about 10 years ago, maybe more, and uh, went to see uh, Peterborough Cardiff when we were in the championship still. And we were rock bottom of the championship. But um, yeah, we were playing Cardiff and we were 4-0 down at half time. And uh, a couple of the lads I went with left because I was just going to be couldn't be asked to carry on. And uh, then the fight back was on, and we we scored uh, quite soon. I think after half time, and you know it's the classic sort of football fan thing. We're singing, we're going to win five four, and just <laughs> gallows, you know, humor. yeah, exactly. And then it just, and then I think Boyd scored as well. I think uh, so. It was the time of George Boyd. So yeah, that's why it must have been. Must have been just over 10 years ago, I think. Anyway, and um, the substitute that we had brought on scored in like the 93rd minute to make it 4-4. And, you know, (laughs) we just completely lost it as if we'd won the playoffs, you know. And we were really, we were already doomed that season. So we we were going down, but Cardiff were riding high in the championship. And to, to get that comeback was just, just ridiculous. And uh, I don't think I'll ever forget that just because it was four, so all of their goals were in the first half. All our goals were in the second half. I was at the London Road end. All eight goals were in our uh, our end. Oh, <laughs> so wow. At least just, you got that. Yeah, exactly. I'm always at the wrong end to the goals. Yeah, quite. But this was just eight, eight goals. And we saw uh, Posh get 4-4 against uh, Cardiff when we've been 4-0 down at halftime. It was a fucking delightful moment, that. A draw. A draw is one of my favourite fucking sporting moments. <laughs> a draw which then led to you probably getting relegated. Definitely got relegated. I think yeah. by Palace that year. Yes, yeah, so that year I believe it probably was the, the, the game against Palace which relegated us. <laughs> what's, your, what's your other one, Oscar? Oh, I, for, I, I for, genuinely forgot I was going to do a second one. I was just brilliant. Well, let's move listening on. Listening to your Great. stories. Yeah, I mean, in thirty seconds, I was at the two thousand nine World Series for every game, and then the Yankees won the World Series. So, being in the stadium when your team, you know, clinches a title, that moment uh, is pretty fucking cool. I have some old like flip phone grainy footage of it 
uh, which I do watch <laughs> on like a day, you know, on a rainy day, split, break it out. Um, me and my brother are just like literally as the he hits a ground ball to first or towards whatever. He hits a ground ball and we're like, oh, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then they started playing We Are the Champions. And you just hear us like a little drunk being like, we are the champions. <laughs> and then we just like stayed out. Both of us had like work the next day. Oh. Um, you know, we stayed out till like 3.30 a.m. Just, just like went home, showered, and then just went straight to work. <laughs> so. But yeah, being there when they won the the World Series, like literally in the stadium, was was fucking magical, and I don't think I'll ever top that. Right, and also Nate Whitten, producer, girlfriend, have a defender of everyone, uh, comes in with what's new? What's new? What's one new thing? Pussy cat. <laughs> what's, what's one new thing you'd like to try in your life? Um, going outside. That'd be nice. <laughs> yeah, that'd Ooh, be nice. That would it? be nice. How specific are we talking here? Like. I want to go to... Here he is, the fucking caveat. Caveat, yeah. Coming at you. Caveat, yeah. Coming at you. I don't know. No, I'm saying, where are you guys going with this? Why, hey, 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 he's here. Oscar Puente, caveat, yeah. He knows. You're going to ask another question. Cleopatra. We know, we all know that Chuck loves a jingle, but I think since since he's bought the new mic, I think he's ramped it up a bit. Oh yeah, big time, big time. Yeah, <laughs> he's got a pop shield, he's got a mic arm, and now it's just full on vocal booth singing. Chuck, that's all we're getting. That's what he's here for. He's not here for his fucking <laughs> good jokes. Not doing well in FPL. <laughs> Don't have good takes on football. Don't watch most of the football. Hate Roy Hodgson. Jingles. It's all I've got. Need, you need a falsetto my, my jingle. My title yeah, next year yeah. is just going to be Mr. Bo Jingles. I'm going to have to change my Twitter to a picture of Harry Kane because I lost a bet with Jeff. <laughs> You're going to win FPL out of us two this year. Yeah. Oscar's going to burn it all down, and then we're going to delete, and then we're just going to be, I don't know, a podcast about, I don't know, balloons? Marvel. Marvel shows. Yeah, Marvel shows. So please don't, please, please don't take this away from me. <laughs> <laughs> please don't. Oh, dear. Um, That's all I've got. All right, I'll answer the question. Uh, small scale, I really want to try those new Doritos 3D. That just came out. I used to love Doritos achievable. 3D when I was a kid. Achievable. Yeah, pretty achievable. Um, My caveat, it, aren't but... all Doritos 3D? Don't they all exist in the 3D realm? How many dimensions are Do, Doritos but there's only? a specific product called Doritos 3D. You know what it's like? Um, fruit Gushers, but instead of... Do you have Fruit Gushers over there? The candy Fruit I Gushers? I know what Fruit Gushers are. Okay. Um, except instead of like fruit juice inside of a chewy candy, it's Dorito powder inside of a Dorito shell. <laughs> right. Like, Right, oh so God. much dryness. Isn't that just going to be <laughs> yeah. like the Not cinnamon like a challenge? lot of powder in there, but it's like, it, it, it's a whole lot. Um, I wonder but, if it's going to be like cheese football type powder, Ian. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah for yeah. sure, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, Like yeah. you eat it and then it just sticks to every part yes, of your mouth. correct. Yeah, <laughs> they used to have them in the 90s. They were great. They were like my favorite snack. They brought it back on a, as a limited event thing. Right now I haven't gotten around to it. So that's the small scale thing. And then bigger scale thing, I am hoping to skydive before I turn 40. I will require someone to push me out of an airplane because I do not have the balls to do it myself. I'm 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 not good with heights, so I'd rather skydive than bungee jump. Oh yeah, bungee jumping is way more dangerous. Bungee jumping people die like way, way, way more often than skydiving. Do they? Yeah. 
Yeah, because it's like the equipment is like less. I don't know. It's a whole thing. You're jumping off a fucking. You're attached to an elastic band, mate. Also, I've seen people rent cranes to do bungee jumping in like a pub car park you don't get that with skydiving do you you don't no. you, you don't generally just able to get get hold of what, a plane someone and, hanging onto a drone just like, let's, go let's up, do this fucking two holding onto two bags for life a as bit, they jump bit, bit more involved whereas i get i think bungee jumping always feels like it's one up in the sort of higher chain from bouncy castles you can just get some fucking c- to do it with a cherry picker yeah exactly yeah very much you know what I mean? I've definitely seen it in... Uh, I, I used to back onto a pub, and I'm sure they, they hired someone to do it once, and it was just some... Massive... Were they not just doing the gutter in? No. <laughs> Maybe some bloke fell. <laughs> well, he kept fucking bouncing, so I don't know. It's trampolines underneath yeah. and everything. Yeah. No, that's good. I'd, I'd love to skydive. You've got to have a lot of faith in someone, though, don't you? Like, mm. someone sure. else packing your parachute. Well, no, I think at least over here, the first time you skydive, you're like tandem. Tandem. Yeah, yeah, you're not allowed to like just jump out of a plane with your own parachute. I've got a friend, actually, and new patron, Alex Sampson. I think he's done enough that he can bungee jump solo, um, bungee jump, skydive solo, and can pack his own chute and all those kind of things. Cool. So he can take you and he'll, ha- he'll probably happily push you out of a plane. <laughs> just a bit sadistic like that. Ian, what about you? Uh, I know at your age, you've probably tried everything there is to try. He really wants to go back to the gym and eat chips. Oh. <laughs> oh, I'd love to go. I haven't. Yeah, I can't think of anything specific. Self self preservation kicks in at a certain a certain point, I think. And I do, I have no desire to do skydiving or anything like that. But now you said it, Chuck. I really want to go back to the gym and eat them chips. That's not new though. That's like been there, done that. What's a new thing you want to do? I don't know, there must be other things on the menu I've not tried. I don't know. <laughs> no idea, but yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd like to, yeah, genuinely just like to be outside. The problem, problem is, as well, and like we've talked about it, it's obviously, you know, lockdown, we've all been in it. Everyone's had their own various degrees of having to adjust, no matter what country they live in or, or whatever, whether they've been able to go out, X, Y, Z. But, you know, half my daughter's life, pretty much now it's like we haven't been able to go out so i think a lot of the stuff i want to do doesn't you know isn't necessarily that big like you know just go to a zoo go swimming go like those kind of things and just get a little bit of normality back in life Um, oh that's cute yeah i think generally that's all i can kind of think of at the minute um pub crawl though that'd be good yeah yeah that would be pretty nice going out and getting obnoxiously drunk <laughs> here's a new thing i want to try how about this meet our patreons at a get together at some point in the next few years thing in london i'll hop over we all meet up at a pub and we you know watch some soccer and uh complain that'd about our good. fpl teams and whatnot that'd be nice just being able to meet someone anyone yeah, yeah. so chuck is like do loving things with my daughter i'm like give me cheese powder and ian's like yeah i don't know Eat something new off the bed. There we go. Sausage there you roll. Go. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's time for Chuck's Bluffer. It's the Bluffer. Yeah, we're doing it. It is the Bluffer. It's my turn to host. You all know what it's about. We, I will posit a question to Oscar and Ian, and there will be a certain amount of answers. They'll bid higher and higher. Oscar will say... Seven. Yes, and Ian will spend 20 minutes writing answers down and then concede. Um, (laughs) I obviously do things a little bit differently and have categories. I have multiple, many, so many things, many minutes of uh, research, copy and pasting, most of which is probably wrong. I will go to Oscar. 
first this week. Uh, what are the scores, by the way? I think it's... It's six to me, five to you guys. No, I'm on six as well. Yeah, it's six, six, five. It's six to me, six to Chuck, and five to Oscar. <laughs> Cut out and yet it. Wait, whose job, is, whose job is it to keep track of this? Because it's definitely not mine. <laughs> Someone's supposed Look, to. What's the point? At the minute, it will, it will, it will just be fucking equal by the end of the season. It will have been Fair just enough. rendered null and void. Um, anyway, so you need to pick from arts and literature, film and TV, food and drink, geography, history, music, potluck, science and nature, or sports. Uh, I'll take science and nature for 500, Alex. So, well, there's not 500, there is 29. So I need to remember how to explain this because it might not work properly. Um, are you aware of the uh, SI units? Yes. Sci- of yeah. measurement and things, yeah? So there are 29, uh, 7 base and 22 derived units in the SI that are formed by powers, products, quotients of base units and potentially unlimited in number. But I have basically done them things. I don't know how you measure stuff in science <laughs> in it. I, I don't have the web page open anymore, so I can't remember. Um, I will tell you it's not uh, including things such as um, something per something. Okay. It is the individual units wherein it could not be described in any other form but itself. Yeah, I okay. know it's it's hard to explain without. But, yeah, you can't derive one from others. Yeah, okay, fine. Yes, I will be. I will be a bit lenient with some of them and be a bit fair because okay. it's going to be quite obvious if they fit into each other or whatever. But you know, obviously, there's many different things in this world that you can measure, and these are the SI units. So, Oscar, how many of the twenty nine can you get? Seven. Seven. Oh, that's, that's quite a good opening bid. That um, eight. Eight. I'll say, I, I think when I was looking at them, there was only about seven, six or seven that I didn't know. Yeah, I th- I, I bet there's more that, than I've got right now that I will there, know. There, there is yeah. a, there's very much the possibility that like once you get one, it will then you'll realise a couple more. Right. Like me with currencies last week. You remember that, Oscar? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I don't know the SI units well enough. I thought it was a lot less than it is. I don't understand. There's only like seven physical things to measure. Uh, Ian, take it at eight. Because I don't yeah. think this I understand. The problem with my categories is there is a balance within them that could go big and go high, or there's somewhere you might need. Yeah. And the problem is, if you pick the three categories in one week that are more difficult, it doesn't make it fun, but deal with it. Okay. So Ian, name your eight. Okay, so um, just so as you know, Oscar, if you'd have said nine, you'd have had to do it. Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. Uh, so, kilogram? Kilogram, yes, that is the measure of mass. Okay, uh, metres or metre? Metre is yeah, sorry. distance. That would have been if you'd have said like centimetre. Yes, would have... you would have let me. Okay, fine. Uh, second for time. Second, correct. I understand what that is. Um, good. <laughs> um, temperature, Kelvin. Kelvin, yes. That is four. Right. Current amp or ampere. Uh, do, do, do. That, yeah, that is one. Where is it? There it is. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> ampere. Five. Shit. Very okay. good. So three Damn more it. to go. I could have gone a lot higher than... I don't know the... Yeah, I just didn't know the name of this. Oh. The thing is, I don't know whether the other electricity things are... are Give it a go. Units. Go for it. Go for it. You literally have no other options but to go for it. Yes, yes. Uh, resistance is um, ohms. Ohm. Yep. 
Correct. And you're giving the exp- explanations as well. Resistance. Brilliant. Owned. Um, Six. I have two more. Okay. Yeah, I've got two more written down. Frequency hurts. <laughs> Does it? <laughs> uh, seven. That is seven. One more. Okay. Uh, energy. Jewel. Jewel. Bang. Done. Oh, hey. fucking hell. Ding. Right. <laughs> um, there's a lot of these that you'll probably kick yourself with. Yeah. The two I have are uh, Candela, which is for light. Oh, light. Luminous intensity. And um, Correct. Moles. Moles for amount of substance in chemistry. Yes, exactly. So you guys, between the two of you, got the main seven bases. So moles is the smallest unit of quantity for a chemical or element, I think. Yeah. Um, but going through then the other ones, uh, you could have had rads um, or radians. Radian for oh, um, something fuck. to do with, I don't know, stuff. Steradians. Uh, Newton. For is, uh, not a force. force, yeah, force. Oh, force, of course. Question mark. Uh, Pascal, I believe, is pressure. Pressure, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, the watt power. Ah, uh, so I could Coulomb. have. Coulomb. Okay. Volt. Volt. Has could have had volt, volt as well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, a farad, which is capacitance. Yep. Uh, this is where we get in some of the weird ones. Siemens, <laughs> which is electrical conductance. A Weber is magnetic flux. A Tesla is magnetic flux density. Oh. A Henry or Henri is inductance. You also could have had degrees Celsius. That really? was a different one. Yep. Huh. There is lumen, which is luminous flux. Lux, which is illuminous. Then we get into the radioactive ones, a becquerel, a gray, a sievert, and a catal, which is catalytic oh, wow. activity. So those were the weird ones, but yeah. I thought Ian would get this because he probably works with most of them, and there you go. So point to Ian. Yay! And then it's your pick for a category. Uh, what would you like to go for? Yeah, category. Um, I will go for potluck. Potluck. So this is good because it probably favours Oscar a lot. Uh, <laughs> in the video game Rocket League, hey. uh, there are 41 default chat phrases that you can use and assign <laughs> to your directional buttons oh, in the shit. game. This is not including pre-game and post-game variances okay it is including team chat and those kind of things uh there is one which is just symbols i have not included that can i just um, say that one as a curse <laughs> i don't know how you would say it question mark hash exclamation mark dash. oh my god this is just such a gimme for oscar <laughs> maybe but there's there's a lot there's 41 so and ian <laughs> i've been pushing you for quite a few weeks to keep playing keep playing keep we playing. we both have for the yeah, record for the record. And you own the game. So uh, it's Ian's bid first. <laughs> um, uh, six. Six. Uh, seven. Oscar. I'll go seven. Seven is classic. Yeah, I gave you the seven. Uh, eight. Uh, nine. I'm going to keep going up, I think, Ian, probably. I don't know. Actually, I don't know. At some point, I'll call you just because <laughs> yeah. like, I don't think you know it anymore. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. I w- uh, you just said 90. Uh, 10. I mean, I'm pretty sure I know the 16 that are currently programmed to mine, plus at least another, like, 10 more. Yeah. Okay, I'll go 11. Ian, go 12. No. He's no. shaking his head. I can't. <laughs> I can't. Go on, 11 for oh, you, Oscar. Sorry. 11. Right, Oscar. So, uh, 11 <laughs> of the 41 <laughs> default chat phrases in Rocket League. Remember, not including pre-game yeah. and yeah, yeah, post-game yeah. Bumpers. Okay. Um, so, yeah, go slow so that I okay. can, because I'm looking right. at 41 it, mate. Uh, <laughs> left up. Nice shot. <laughs> <laughs> I 
thought you were going to leave it at that, left up. No, no, no. You know me. I, I can't go through lists unless I have, like, a way of doing it. So I'm just going to yeah, do left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. right. Yeah. Nice shot. Okay. Brilliant. Nice shot. Uh, left, left. Great pass. <laughs> great pass. Left down. What a save. <laughs> and left, Three. left, right. Thanks. <laughs> Four. Uh, down, down. Sorry. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I use, use that, that one a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Five. Down left, my bad. And that one. That one as well. Six. Down right, uh, no problem. Seven. Oh, I don't know what's on down up. All right, let's go to right. Maybe um, move to a different direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. You self-imposed rules. Uh, on your right. On your right. Uh, right, left, on your left. Brilliant. If you hadn't got that, that'd be good. <laughs> two more. Two more. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, two more. Right up. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and for the win. Um. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll just free ball it for the win. OMG. 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 That is 11. Fantastic. You could have also had all yours bumping, calculated, centering, close one, defending, faking, go for it, great, clear, holy cow, I got it, in position, incoming, my fault, need boost, nice block, nice bump, nice demo, nice one. No way. No! Okay. Oops. Passing savage. Sick! Take the shot. What a play. Woo and whoops. There you go. Yes. If you'd have said, like, good game, out. Or GG. Oh, yeah, because yeah, that's had an after GG one. written down, but of course you yeah, did say yeah, after. Yeah, yeah. Everybody okay. dance. I said before as rematch, well. So rematch, point a piece. rematch. What a game. <laughs> rematch. <laughs> Everybody dance. Everybody um, dance. Right, okay, so Oscar, it is your pick. It's one apiece for the win, baby. Um, I'll go history. History. Okie dokie. Um, so this one, I'm assuming Oscar's knowledge probably is better than Ian's. Yay! Um from the year 1485 to currently, there has been 23 official monarchs of England, slash Great Britain, whatever it is. Uh, that is from the commencement of the Tudor House up until now. Uh, how many of the 23 can you name? It does not include like cohorts and uh, one consorts, not cohorts. What am I talking about? Uh, and it doesn't include like disputed claim ones. Yeah. If you see what I mean. And they must have been king or queen. I'll start off with seven. Classic. Ian. Oh, man. You've both watched The Crown, so I know you know a little bit. So I know one. Oh, uh, oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what did you say? You said seven, didn't you? Uh, yeah, eight. Eight. Nine. Ian, you're going double Ds? Uh, yeah, ten. Oh, okay, now I actually have to think about how many I know. Brilliant. Brilliant. Hasn't been doing that since. No, I try, I, that's how I play this game. <laughs> yeah, I'll go 11. 11. I can do the beginning, and then I can do backwards going from now. It's the middle bits that scare me. Yeah, go on, do 11. You're going to get them, but I just don't have confidence in Ooh. myself. Okie dokie. Uh, it. See, this is why I didn't mind doing this one, because everyone would think, oh, this favours the English person. But yeah. Ian and I know fuck all about this country. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, Oscar. 11 of the kings and queens of England from 1485 to present, please. All right. Uh, we have, let's start off with the first two, the Henrys. Henry seven and Henry seven, Henry eight. Yep. Henry the seventh, Henry the eighth. Mary the first. Mary the first. I think there was an Edward in there between those, but I don't know for sure. So I'm going to keep going. Uh, Lizzie the one. 
<laughs> Lizzie the one. Four. Okay. Um, I This is the middle bit where I don't know. So I'm just going to jump to George because then it's from there. It's the uh, British colonies and stuff. So it's, I can do it from there. So George one. Um, George two. George three. George fourth. <laughs> Yep. Um, then was it Victoria? So that's uh, one, two, three, four, eight. You're on. Three more. Three more. Okay. I don't know if she's next, but she's right around there because we're in the middle of the 1800s. So I'm going to say Victoria. Victoria. Um, then George five. I'm going to say next. George the fifth. Yes. And then from there, I can... One more. No, I can do, give you three more, sir. Uh, we have... One more. Okay, fine. <laughs> Elizabeth II. Lizzie II. This time it's personal. Play music. <laughs> the irony of born in the USA running out American names. The British monarchs. You could have also had Ed the Eighth and George the Sixth. I missed a couple Williams in there, but I don't know what numbers. So yeah, I have this nothing is the thing. I don't know when numbers start, and and yeah, that's was... like there's definitely Williams, there's definitely James, there's definitely Charles in there, but like who the fuck knows how many? Yep. So both of the Jameses, both of the Charleses are in there, both of the Marys, yeah. both of the Elizabeths, fuck's sake. Uh, oh, all of the Georges, and do 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 do. Yeah, the Georges what was easy. Could we have had the Georges is like why that was not that hard to get so many of them. Yeah. So James the first, Charles the first, Charles the second, James the second, Mary the second, William the third, Anne, uh, and you also missed William the fourth, Edward the seventh, and that's about it. Yeah, well, terrible done. hole in my Oscar. knowledge, but well done, well done. Thank you. How is the science category the one I lose? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true, true. I literally was an aerospace engineer for a time. <laughs> <laughs> Before all the maths. I mean, I guess there's math in there, but... Oh, dear. So then, uh, that wraps us up. 666 in the buffer. Uh, This is awkward. Devil numbers. Satan. If you play the (laughs) podcast backwards, um, yeah, don't sue us. Um, So there's plenty of fixtures still going on uh, for the rest of the double game week, so we won't bother with them. And we record again, and there'll be some more fixtures. Uh, Enjoy football. Enjoy the outside. See what's going on. And uh, Ian's going to press the button. Thank you all very, very much for listening. Um, Be good. If you can't be good, be bad. And um, say goodbye, Ian. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Oscar. Come on, Chelsea. Let's beat Liverpool. Top four big race. Yay. Bye. (laughs) Yeah. Let Palace. Let's turn up. (laughs) Be there on time. Attendance record. That's what we've got. Fucking hell. Bye. Bye.